Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Let's just say a quick prayer. I like to start every, every sermon uh, with prayer because I know the weight of this pulpit um, and I don't ever want it to be taken for granted or taken lightly. So Heavenly Father, thank you for today, God. God, thank you for this amazing Sunday. Thank you for Pentecost Sunday, God. Thank you for your power, Lord. Lord, let this sermon be less about me, God, and let, this, let me be a vessel, Lord, to carry your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please have your seats, have your seats. Um, worship team, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I don't know who the lady is that leads worship, but um, we're going to have to set up some kind of NBA trade uh, for Balboa. We'll send you, we'll send you three. <laughs> A few first round draft picks. And um, you guys, it is so great to be here. I love Michael and Lisa and everything they stand for. I love the fact that it is a four-year journey to this building. And I remember the first Sunday they were at the high school and then the raccoon place down the street. And now to be here is brilliant. This is great. God is great. Um, can we just honor your pastors one more time for, for laying down their life for the call of God? Um, I love Michael because I feel like Pastor Mike is the campus pastor I would call if I was ever in a fight. Like, some of the campus pastors, I'm, mm, but Pastor Mike, I would call you if we had to get busy. Um, so I played a football game with Pastor Mike one time, and I was like, oh, he's a pastor. Oh, okay, um, cool. So it is okay to be competitive as a pastor. That's, that's a good thing. Um, And then I just need to honor one more person. Jake and Joy, will you guys just stand up? You guys are awesome, amazing people, freshly ordained pastors. Um, Jake, I absolutely love you and everything you stand for. You are such a gift to the Emerge ministry and such a gift to me um, in life. You've always been somebody that during ministry or just a struggle I can call and get a fresh dose of heaven. Um, you've always honored me and lifted me up, been a ladder holder over all these years. So thank you guys so much. I'm excited for what God's going to do for you guys here at East Campus. So congratulations. Let's get into it. I like to have fun when I preach. Um, I, one time I tried to preach a sermon and I, like, I tried to be like hellfire and brimstone um, and it backfired. Um, I got in the car with my wife and she said, that's not you. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to have fun this morning and we're going to talk about my adventures, um, to Cancun and everything that transpired. Um, I like weather. I like thunderstorms. I know that you people in San Diego are like, what's a thunderstorm? Uh, what's lightning? Um, 
Uh, you, what do you mean the temperature gets below 50? What, what, what is that? Um, you see, in my house, if I could, it would be 50 degrees at all times. Uh, I would tell Glory to put on a sweatshirt, uh, sweatpants, socks, and it would be 50 degrees. Um, I'm from the Midwest, and so like, hur- or not hurricane, tornado alley. Like I remember the sermon, I remember the, uh, the sirens going off as a kid. Go duck and cover, get to cover, you know? And I thought it was cool, because you never knew what was gonna happen. You know, you never knew if your cows were gonna be gone or your house was gonna be. Were we gonna have a Wizard of Oz experience, you know? Um, was my house going to drift off into Oz? What was going to happen, you know? Um, I really liked weather until last week. I loved it. Um, so my wife is an open water swimmer. Um, that means she swims in the ocean. Uh, there's nothing about me that says ocean. Uh, swimming, uh, deep water, none of that. Um, I'll let you guys' imagination run wild of why I don't do those things. Um, but it's not me. And so Glory comes to me about seven months ago and says, hey, I want to go swim six miles in the ocean from Cancun to Isla Mahars. And she's like, I want you to be my support kayak. Um, uh, Now, I can count on two hands the amount of times I've been in the ocean since I've been married. I can count on one finger the amount of times since I've been married I've gone the ocean above my waist. Um, and the last time I did that, it did not end well, okay? Uh, it was during Shark Week. We were swimming in the Hoya Cove. A piece of kelp touched me on my shoulder, and ah, uh, ah, uh, no, it just, it's, not, it's not for me. Like, I'm okay. I know who I am. And so I tried to make every excuse of why I'm not going to go be your support kayak. Number one, it's in another country. Uh, number two, I don't like the water. Um, and number three, No. Just know. But then I went and talked to Pastor Jurgen and the guy, he's like, oh, Pastor Jurgen's like, oh, you should go. And so I call the lady uh, that's in charge of the swim and I'm like, okay, what does it require to be a support kayak? And they tell me I have to take all these courses. And I'm like, oh, good, I got an out. Like, they don't have those courses in the United States. Like, I'm not gonna go become an open water rescue swimmer. Like, that's not, that's not happening here. Uh, and they have the course in San Diego. Um, and so I signed up for the course. It took me three times to pass the course um, because you have to swim 500 meters without touching a wall. Um, it took a long time. Uh, I was the last person in the class and the instructors was like, yo, bro, just give it up. This, this is not you. But I made it. Um, and so if you guys ever need somebody to be a support kayak, don't call me, but I am certified. Uh, and I am CPR and first aid certified. So if my message, you know, if you get knocked out in here, I can bring you back to life. Um, it'll be good. Um, but anyway, so we get to the swim. Everything, we get to Cancun, and it's Cancun. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be great. I'm in Cancun for 10 days without my kids, number one. Um, this is going to be amazing. Um, and then we get there. And everything to start the swim is amazing. I mean, I think we have a picture of Glory and her swim partner right here. They're getting ready to swim. It's going to be amazing. That's her and her swim partner. It's going to be great. And so we start off. Here's the deal. They told the people, if you have a support kayak, you need to go out and swim to the right and meet your support kayak. Okay. I am sitting there after all the swimmers have taken off by myself. 
looking around. Okay, in the middle of the ocean. You guys know how I feel about the water. It's me by myself. And we start, so I'm like, okay, I gotta go find Glory. I end up finding Glory like a mile and a half off the coast uh, in the open water. And then this happens. Now, as you can see from exhibit A, um, (laughs) this is the point in time in my life where I questioned why. Um, For several reasons. Um, Number one, I'm the only person that looks like me at that swim. Um, And I can't die here. I can just imagine people being like, we know, why why, why did he do this? Like I can can hear the conversation in my head. So it starts looking like this. And I'm like, okay, cool. And by this time I'm legitimately overwhelmed. Like this ain't for me. Like I've seen the pictures, this is supposed to be blue water. Easy day, I'm gonna hand glory water for six miles. We're gonna, this is gonna be great. And then this happens. It starts pouring. Now, as you can tell, my wife is unaffected by it. She's the person right there. This is her. Number 90, right here, okay? Now, I'm glad that it was raining because if it wasn't raining, you would have heard me in the video going, I woke up that night at the hotel doing the same. I, gotta, I just gotta get to shore. I just gotta get to shore. I just gotta get to shore. Okay, so the next picture. This is a phone, a picture my phone took without I didn't know it took because my phone was on in my pocket. So the water starts looking like this. And then the Mexican Coast Guard and Mexican Navy decides we're gonna turn around at the two mile mark. This is Gloria looking at What's going on? Exhibit B. Why are they screaming in Spanish? Um, And why is every whistle going off? No, but it it was a great experience. It really was. Um, For other people. You know, they really enjoyed themselves. Me, not so much. Um, I was like, unlike Jesus take the wheel, I was like, Jesus take the paddle. And make sure we make it in there. But anyway, they, they, they blow this horn and these whistles, and they tell everybody to turn around. And then we don't have a picture of it, but the water gets very turbulent. And that is me. In the perfect storm. In my head. Um, That's what I thought was happening. But they turn everybody around and people start to freak out. People are starting to try to grab kayakers and pull them off the kayaks. Um, I got knocked off my kayak. Uh, that's because of physics, and I'm not going to tell you all, but yeah, just that's not, I didn't get pulled off, but I, I did end up in the water, and it's extremely hard for me to get back on a kayak in the middle of the ocean, in the waves, I don't, like, it just, it wasn't good for me, I, I, I'm even getting overwhelmed right now, but, but I see people, and, and so people are freaking out, rightfully so, because everybody that signed up for the swim signed up for... 80 degree water, crystal clear, you can see the bottom the whole time, and this ain't that. And so women are, women are crying, men are crying. All the rescue boats are now driving around, or driving around, you drive a boat? Yeah, see, I don't know. All the boats are driving around picking up everybody, like plucking people out of the water. Dudes, guys, are pulling women off boats so they can get on the boat. They're not emerged men, don't worry. Um, but. 
but the, the, the greatest thing about this is like, I got to see like, everybody made it back, nobody drowned, but I got to see like how people re- would react in a storm. I got to see like, um, I was overtrained. okay? Uh, I got there and there was 36 support kayaks and a lady said, who all did the training? And four of us raised their hands. But like, I was prepared to like weather the storm. I was like, I mean, I had done the training to be ready even though it was very uncomfortable. But people freak out in storms. You know, I know that like in our lives, in our Christian lives, like we're gonna have storms, right? But how do you respond to the storms? Are you the person that's screaming, crying out for help? Or are you the person that can have a little bit of peace? Are you the person that like in the middle of the ocean just stops kicking their feet and just bobbing up and down? I'm like, you gotta kick your feet. You gotta swim to the boat. Or you are the person that can, that can take a deep breath and take a second and say, oh, okay. All right, God, I know we're here, but we all, we all face storms. And, and that's, part, that's the beautiful thing about the Christian walk is like, there's gonna be storms. I like Christians that have been through storms. Like I like people who have almost drowned. Not in the pool, you guys get it. Like I like people that have like been drowning in debt. I like people who have been, uh, you know, drowning in a home or drowning in a marriage and recovered. Like I like those kind of stories because that shows me that there is a good way to ride out a storm. The title of my message today is The Storm. And that's me walking away from the swim. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a story in the Bible about the disciples and Jesus on a boat. They're on a boat and Jesus is asleep. We all know the story. Jesus wakes up, calms the seas. The disciples are screaming, oh my gosh, we're going to drown. Jesus is like, yo, just chill. He hops up, calms the wind and the waves, right? And Mark 4, 39, it says, then he arose and rebuked the wind and sea. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You know, it's, it's funny to me that, like, Jesus, right? Jesus is all-powerful. He is power in, in, in embodied. And so he, he knew that he had power over the storm. And so he was able to be peaceful in a storm because he knew his power. You have to understand power to understand peace. You have to understand that you have power over your situations and circumstances. You know, it's funny to me that like, I've been there. I've been the person that just felt like getting beat against the waves and feeling like I'm not getting rescued. Feeling like no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I actually, let me go back, no matter how much I don't pray, not, no matter how much in my natural I try to fight my way out of this storm, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening because I'm not responding to the storm well. I'm responding to the storm uh, the way that that an immature believer does, screaming out, "God, why me?" Victimized, instead of saying, "Okay, God, like, what are you trying to teach me right now?" How are you trying to get, help me get out of this situation? Is this a coachable moment? You know, I think it's funny that 
I get to preach about this right after that swim because your boy thought he was dying. And I'm glad that I wasn't wearing a GoPro because you would have heard me acting like I was dying. Um, the third time I got knocked over on the kayak, I thought, this is my moment. But then I said, my, I can't do this to my people. Like, I can't. Like, just, we've come too far. And I'm against, I'm against perpetuating stereotypes. Like, I just can't. Like, I can't go out that way. I can go out any other way, but not that way. Like, that's the one way I can't go out. Um, that's why I always make sure the baptism tanks are just about waist deep. I'm good. I'm good. Point number one of my message is when your storm comes, be like Jesus. And you ask, like, what's being like Jesus in a storm? Have peace. Have peace when all hell is breaking loose around you. Now, I, I, I love this because there's like these, all these cool things. Like when something bad happens, look for the calmest guy in the room because he's about to have a solution. So it's cool. Like, oh, I'm the calmest dude in the room. That's great. But like, um, like Jesus knew the storm was coming before he told the disciples to push off. Like he knew what was coming. He knew there was going to be a storm. He knew it was going to be a coachable moment. He needed to show the disciples power. He needed to show them that he was who he said he was. Because to this point, they still didn't believe. Because the next verse, it says, they were like, yo, who is this dude that can calm the wind and the waves? So they didn't even believe at this point. So we had to show them. What if God's trying to teach you who he is in your storm? What if God's trying to teach you he is the Alpha and the Omega? That he has the first and last say and everything in between? What if that's what he's trying to do to you in a storm? I like how the disciples in Mark 4.37, it says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that I was already filling. But he was in a stern, yet a stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Okay. It says the boat was filling. You ever in a storm and you feel like everything is filling? Like your debt is literally just compiling. Your medical conditions are just stacking upon each other. Your marriage issues are just stacking upon each other. Your children, your issues with your children are just stacking upon each other. And Jesus, they're like, Jesus, didn't, do you want us to die here? And he's like, he already knew they weren't going to die there. Like he already knew. He already knew that like no matter what happened, like this was not going to be the day they... Meet the maker. Well, he's in front of them, but. (laughs) So for me, it's one of those things that you look at it and you're like, if Jesus can sleep during a storm and the disciples are with him, like I don't blame Christians for being frustrated and not believing during storms. Like the disciples were with him. Like they could touch him. And they were like, teacher, we're going to die. So I don't, I don't like blame Christians for having this moments where it's like, God, why me? Or God, this is not what you promised. Like I don't blame us. You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me. Like, how do you respond to your storms? How do you respond when all hell's breaking loose? Or are you always the victim? Are you always the person that's like, God, why are you doing this to me again? 
Of course this is happening. This always happens to the Forbes family. That was a rude laugh. <laughs> Just kidding. She's like, that's our family too. Not anymore. You know, are you somebody that can ride out a storm the right way? Or are you somebody that loses your cool all the time? Or are you somebody who, when you're in a storm, you don't want anybody else, to, or nobody else wants to be around you because how you're acting? I mean, if I'm in a storm, don't come around me. I've worked on it. Now. I'm, I'm getting better in Jesus' name. Um, yes. And amen. You know, it's, it's interesting that like, we get in these situations and, and it's cool to have like the Jesus bumper sticker until it gets real. Like, oh, I put the little fish on my bumper. Maybe that will get me spiritual breakthrough. But then when ish hits the fan, I don't act that way. That's why I like over-religious people and over-religious churches I'm turned off by. Because religion won't get you through a storm. Religious, religion will not get you through a divorce. Religion won't get you through the loss of a child. It won't get you through the, 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 the ups and downs, the twos and fro's of life. You need a relationship with Christ. My papers got way out of order. So I'm like... All right, give me one second. All right, here we go. Sorry about that. Point number two. Tell your circumstances and those in your boat to be still. Okay. Is there anybody in here named Susan? No Susans? How about a Jim? Oh, there's a Susan and a Jim. Okay. We're not going to use those names this service. <laughs> so uh, the disciples, they're on a boat and they're screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. You guys have friends like that when you're in a storm? Like, I don't know about you guys, but like when I'm in a storm, like I don't want to hear about statistics. Like, I don't want to hear there's a 17% chance that baby's going to make it. Like, I don't want to hear from you, we're going to go Pam. I don't want to hear... Pam, tell me that 57% of divorces end in marriages end in divorce. Like, chill, Pam. Like, go home and put that on your vision board. Like, I don't really want, I don't really want somebody in my boat naysaying. When I'm calling on the name of Jesus, get me out of a, out of a storm, I don't need somebody uh, with their little limited faith telling me that I, Jesus is not going to get me out of the storm. Like, I, don't, I don't really don't need a woman or a man or anybody telling me, well, you know, according to science, like, cool, great. He created science. He is science. Like, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need that. So, like, when you're in a storm, I tell, like, I don't, I don't talk about my storms. Like, I'm not, listen, please, do me a favor. Do me a favor. 
do not post about your storms on social media. Ladies, if you post about your storm, if you post about your storm, who's your man? Uh, all your friends that are females that have been burnt by men are going to amen your misery. You need to take that to two people. That is a sign of spiritual maturity to post your problems and storms on social media. Because those aren't your people. Like I've got several thousand followers on social media. If I'm in a problem, I'm not calling them. Like I don't have Jim's phone number. Oh, not Jim. Stan. We're using Stan. Like I don't have Stan's phone number. Like, and when you're in a storm, like it's okay when you're in a storm to remove people from your life. Like I remember when I first got saved, like I lost a lot of friends or acquaintances. I'm not gonna call them friends. I lost a lot of acquaintances. Because at the end of the day, like you gotta take your issues or take your storms to a few people who are gonna point you back to scripture. We're gonna point you back to the word of God that says like, you're a temple and God's power is in you. So you have the power to control your situations and circumstances. If Jesus controlled the winds and the waves, you can control the narrative around debt. You can control the relationship issues. You can control your own storms. Like you have the power that was in Jesus is in you. On Pentecost Sunday, it happened. He said, stay in the room. Stay up here until you receive power. And then he said, I'm paraphrasing. I'll go back to my notes in a second. He said, and guess what? When it's all said and done, you're going to do more than I did. So it, it, hold on. If, if you, you calm the winds and the waves, you raise people from the dead, you did all these things, I can do the same thing too? That's understanding power. That's how you have peace when all hell is breaking loose around you. Because you know, at the end of the day, he is the author. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He has the first and last say. He has everything in between. And that same power lives in you. You have the power and ability to call things into existence. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Notes got twisted up, brother. A few Bible verses to talk about power because I want you guys to take something away. This is not just Jeff Forbes up here telling you that you're all powerful being and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, and 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, do you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 4.31, it says, after they prayed in the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know, that's, that's great. So we know all we have to do to receive that power is pray. I don't need to do a voodoo ritual. I don't need to do, I don't need to say five Hail Marys in the mirror. I just gotta pray. Because, there, because Jesus died on the cross, there's a straight up and down relationship. I don't need to go to a fortune teller. Like, call me now for your free psychic reading. No, I, we don't need that. I just got to pray. And then as soon as I pray and I'm filled with the spirit, now I have power to speak into darkness, to speak into circumstances and situations that were, that were, that were, yeah, they might, they might say that you have an incurable medical condition. They might say it in the natural, 
we as believers are not called to operate in the natural. We gotta use the power we have to operate in the supernatural. Like I'm not, I'm not ever gonna just accept somebody's word. Like it's a final, it's, oh, this is final. Like I'm never gonna accept the fact that, oh, that person's gonna die in six months. I'm never gonna accept that. Because as long as I have breath in my lungs, I can pray and believe that the power of God is gonna flow through me. The Holy Spirit is gonna flow through me and I'm gonna have the ability to, to speak a breath of life into somebody. That I'm gonna have the ability to call what's dead back to life. When you're in a storm, tell people to be quiet. Unless they're your pastor. I'm just gonna. <laughs> tell people to be quiet. Like if you're, in, if you're having marital problems, don't talk to Susan, it's been divorced three times. If you're looking for a job, don't talk to Jim who can't keep a job. And if you use his name on a resume, they're gonna turn you away because he's, that's not his role in your life. The last thing, last point, I'm gonna hurry Pastor Mike, I'm a little, okay. The last thing and my, my last point is, you gotta learn from your storms. And, and what does this mean? It means that if I'm in a storm, I need to look around and see what's going on. Because how I, you're gonna deal with similar storms again. You're gonna deal with similar storms. There are storms that I used to face that if they came here now, it's like a sprinkle. It's like half an inch of rain in San Diego. Just turn the windshield wipers on. Let's, let's keep it moving. But that's because in the storms, I looked around and said, okay, who are, who, matter of fact, who was in this boat rowing with me? Who was in this boat rowing in the wrong direction? Who was cast in doubt? Who was telling me that God won't do it? Because the next time I'm in a storm, I'm not calling that person. The next time I'm in a storm, block my number. The next time I'm in a storm, I don't need to hear your unbelief. I don't need to hear you tell me that, oh, uh, yeah, all men are dogs. Like, I don't, need you, I don't need you to hear me that, dude, it's cool not to get married. Just have a girl and have wife benefits and never marry her. I don't need to hear that. Philippians 4.11, it says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned that in whatever state I am to be content. The next few verses are, are the most misused verses in the Bible. Philippians 4.12, it says, I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer in need. And the last one, Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I love Tim Tebow. I do, y'all. Like, I'm like, yo, bro, you did it the right way. But like putting Philippians 4.13 on my eyelids before I play a game is not the ver how that verse is, what that verse is for. Like if you, if, you, if you read your Bible in your context, like Paul's in prison. Paul's been shipwrecked, he's been beat, he's been bruised. 
He's been bit by a snake. He, he, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong in his life has gone wrong. He's faced every storm and he faced a le legitimate storm. A biblical storm, it's called a Eurachlodon. A storm that literally he had to float to shore on broken pieces of the boat. But he says that I know that no matter what the storm is, I'm gonna be content in the storm. Because I know who God is. And I know the power I have through him. There's people in here today and you've been through storms. You've been through storms that like, yo, good on you. You've been in a marriage storm and you're still married, good on you. You got debt and you're, 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 your money's not right right now and you're still here, you're still tithing, good on you. Because it says I've been a base and I've been a bound, which means I've been far and I've been near. I, I, I don't, you don't change. God never changes. When we feel far away from God, it's not that God has gone away, it's because we've removed ourselves from him. God is constant, he is time. Omnipresent, omnipotent, he's there all the time. When you feel far from God, it's because you've removed yourself. But Paul says, I can be content in anything and I can actually get through any storm. I can get through any storm that life throws my way. Because God, you've showed up the whole time. Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament and God was with him when he was beat up. And you think because Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament and he had storms that he had to walk through. You think that we're not gonna have storms? You think we're not gonna have things that we need to pray about and believe and, and, and push forward to? Right now I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna actually invite Pastor Mike up to do the altar call after this. But I need some people in here today that that have a little bit of faith, that have a little bit of belief that like God is who he says he is. You know, the last two years, like there's been legit storms. I mean, I felt the weight of it. Anxiety, like what's gonna happen? What's going on? Divorce at an all time high. Mama and daddy both working at home. Things are tense, everything's going wrong. And we feel like we're in a storm. We feel like, oh, I, I just, I, if I could just get out of bed tomorrow, that's a win. That's a win. You know, Gloria and I, when we were in Cancun, Hurricane Agatha rolled through. Seriously. It started in the Pacific Coast and then went through the Yucatan Peninsula. And so we rode out a storm in a hotel. We're better for it. Because you will always remember how you rode out a storm because how you ride out your first storm is how you're gonna to continue to ride out storms. And I, I, I wanna tell you guys that, that storms don't go away, but the way we respond to them and the way we react to them can change. And so this morning, hey, I'm gonna ask you to do something bold. If you've been in a storm, if you've been struggling financially, if you've been struggling in your relationships, if you've been struggling with your kids, if you feel like me at one point, like this is how it's always gonna be, I'm gonna ask you to stand up and I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna ask you to have the boldness to stand up. Thank you, I see people stand up all over the place. Because when you just got out of your chair, you said, God, I know that my storm, you are greater than my storm. And my spirit, the spirit you put in me is greater than the storm. This is an outward declaration that's saying that my storms are not gonna take me out. My storms aren't gonna break me because as long as Jesus is with me, I can be content in everything. 
So if we can just put, lay our hands on people around you guys, I'm gonna pray. Heavenly Father, thank you right now for storms coming to an end, God. God, thank you for marriages being restored. God, thank you for, for, for there being a break. Right now, some people in here, you guys have been in a fight for so long, you just need rest. If Jesus can rest in a storm, you can rest for a second. So God, right now I declare rest over all these people, God. I declare storms coming to an end, God. I declare that we would ride out storms correctly, Lord, and that we would, that we would handle our storms supernaturally, not naturally. That we would be people who actually don't have, that actually believe your word, that actually apply your word. People that understand the fullness of our power that you've given us the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of our abilities to calm the seas. God, right now, I declare marriages being restored. I declare marriage storms being, being put to bed. God, I declare, I declare debt being canceled right now in your name. I declare debt being canceled, God. Right now in your name, I declare that medical conditions that we're, that we're, that we're gonna take people out are being reversed in Jesus' name, that that storm is coming to an end, that you're gonna be able to ride this storm out. And it may look different right now than you thought it was, but in Jesus' name, you're coming out the other side. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.